Welcome to the Hospitality Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. In an era of e-commerce takeovers, Amazon's retail reign, and the death of legacy brands, half-price books isn't going anywhere. Not only is the chain bookstore surviving while others like Barnes & Noble are floundering, it's actually thriving. Our guest today can't pinpoint just one reason for the store's success. Instead, she can rattle off a handful. Today we're joined by Kathy Thomas, Chief Strategy Officer for Half Price Books, who walks us through everything from guest experience, community involvement, and smart stalking, and how they're all helping Half Price stand out among its competitors. Kathy, how are you doing today? Fine, thank you. Great, yeah, it is a, uh, well, we're recording this on a fabulous Friday. A lot of the companies getting to leave early today, which is nice, and we are going to enjoy the weekend. What What are you up to this weekend? Well, I'm. We're ha- my family's having a big fish fry tomorrow, Ooh. so it'll be a pool party fish fry. So much needed. It'll be fun, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Right. I love it. So I was reading up on you a little bit, and you are involved in plenty of things. I mean, not only are you an executive at Half Price Books. But you're on the board of Feed the Children, which is an international child relief organization. You're on advisory boards for literacy instruction for Texas. I mean, a lot of really philanthropic kind of things. I mean, what motivates you in in that direction to want to take your expertise and your time and give it back? Well, I think it's really important for everyone at any level to be able to volunteer and to give back because my life is I've been blessed in so many ways and I've had great mentors throughout my life, and I've had people that have helped me, and I want to help them. And I think that if you can help with a nonprofit, their expertise, my expertise, sharing my expertise with the nonprofits, that's worth. They don't have to go hire a consultant. They can just ask me, and they can ask me a question, and they can. Um, I can give them some insights, and I can tell them how I would do things, and that's saving them. And it's, um, it's, it makes you feel good, but. Actually, it and it's good for the organization, so it's a win-win for both of us. And those are always the best, always looking for those win-wins. Yes, most certainly. So I want to dive into a pretty typical conversation within the retail space right now, which is the battle between brick and mortar and e-commerce and the fact that online shopping has become the norm. It, it's, it's winning in every convenience factor possible, um, but... Brick and mortar is finding innovative ways to survive and to create a really one-of-a-kind experience for its guests and really transform what it means to be a brick and mortar store. Though, you know, we've still seen plenty of big names drop dead, which is unfortunate, but Half Price Books has survived and has actually grown in this really tumultuous period. So I'm curious to know why you think that is. Why do you think Half Price Books, in a world where brick-and-mortar stores are closing left and right, is actually surviving and flourishing? Well, I think there's lots of reasons. Uh, I don't know how much you know about Half Price Books, but we're you know we're only in 17 states. We're a family-owned company, and one of our biggest advantages we have going for us, we don't have debt, and we don't have to grow. And I think there's a lot of companies big big box companies have to grow for to to keep their stock price up and they have to um answer to a lot a lot of shareholders we don't we're a family run business we grow you know if we can afford it and 
We know how much it's going to cost us to open a new store and how much it'll lose money for how long. And we have kind of that money in the bank before we go down that road. And our biggest challenge now is the hot real estate market. There, you know, we've, I'm going to Detroit next week and I've already talked to the broker and he's telling me, oh, I'm not sure you can afford anything in Detroit or in Grand Rapids. The real estate is just real, because the economy is good and the real estate um, prices are high. You know, we are very um, tight with our operations and we, you know, are very conservative for our rent structure and we don't pay a lot of rent and we don't over um, extend ourselves. And I think that is part of the reason we've continued to grow and been able to grow and be successful. And I think that there's a lot of things. Uh, half price books, 50% of our merchandise is used. We buy back from the public and 50% are overstocks from the publishers. And we also have vinyl and music and um, DVDs and a lot of different non-book items in our stores for that shopping experience. But you never know what you get when you walk into our store since our merchandise comes from all over the world, literally. And I think that um, right. that shopping experience is what people love. But they also love our great prices. Half price books, you can't, you know, the name is great and it and it says it right. all. But I think um I think that's what's you know, people want a deal. And with the internet, um, they're able to get a deal and they are very sophisticated shoppers like never before. When people walk in our store, they usually uh, know what they're asking for and they know who wrote it and they read the blog and our employees have to be up on top of it. They have to know more than the customer does in this day and age. For a lot of retailers, that's really tough because they're very educated. Um, the customers are. And they come in and they know that they can get it online for 99 cents or penny books. And we have to be that much better and that much more um, on top of our game. And I think that's, frankly, all the, the advantage of brick-and-mortar retailers is that we are our own worst enemies and we can actually be the best we can be. And, I mean, we had a survey done years ago and the, you know, the average Barnes & Noble shopper buys 12 books a, a year. Our shoppers buy 37. Wow. So we are really the nerdiest book people around and we capitalize on that. And we know that. We know our customers. We know what they want. And we, we give it to them. And I think having insights into your customers and um, staying on top of your game and trying new things. I mean, we started doing clearance sales once a year um, in each one of our markets. And we thought that would ruin our brand. And everyone in the room was, oh, no, we don't want to do it. Well, you know, it was we were selling books at a convention center and made a ton of money. And uh, we opened outlet stores in some non-traditional stores for us. We're looking at doing pop-up stores in, you know, in malls or in flea markets. I mean, I think we're open to so many different avenues for um, alternative revenue sources. And that makes us nimble and quick and we can react and we're able to stay afloat. And I think you know, people are basically, you know, Amazon started in the book business. So we have seen and been a competitor for Amazon for decades. Right. And so, you know, we we sell books on Amazon. We do. We list our bunch of our product on Amazon and we sell it obviously on our own website. And we would rather have people come to our website than Amazon because 
the margin is so much better. Right. But because Amazon, I mean, and I'm not sure if people understand about their fee structure, they take such a big percent um, of, you know, they charge us a certain percent to sell the book through their website. And it is it is high. And now now the tax, we used to be able to have to eat the tax for the customers. But now since the Supreme Court new ruling on tax, um, what what online businesses, you know, and how they can charge, they need to charge tax. It will help us. It will help um, retailers that have brick and mortar locations that were at a disadvantage. And because in some cities, it's eight or nine percent. And if you can get free shipping, and you don't have to pay tax. That was that was really a nice thing. Well, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like there are a plethora of different things that are helping half price books stand out amongst the competition. One that really stood out to me that you said was making sure that you have what your customers are looking for. And I think that it presents a particularly challenging uh, scenario where, you know, you do draw your stock from, I mean, people trading in from from different areas around the country. How do you make sure that you line the shelves with the content that customers are looking for uh, when you're so uh, when you're sourcing from you know secondhand books and from overstocks. Well, we have 125 stores in 17 states, so we have um, all of our inventory online. So we do we are if somebody walks in the store and wants a particular book, we we do have a more than just a one store to look uh, to review the inventory. But we also we do sell New York Times bestsellers. And we do not sell them for 50 off. We sell them for 20% off. And that's because when we had some research done, we found out that our customers um, love us, shop us for the experience. They love to discover uh, a new cookbook or a new self-help book. But they also want that New York Times bestseller. So what they were doing was they were um, shopping in our stores and going in and looking for the new um, Patterson book or Stephen King book and then going home and ordering it online. So we knew that about our customers, so we had to get in front of it, and that's why we started carrying New York Times bestsellers. We don't make a much we don't make much money off of them at all. It was but what we thought is that it would, you know, it's we were serving up something that our customers wanted and we, you know, hoped that they wouldn't go online and order a book from Amazon, they'd stay and get that book from us, and then while they're there, also buy some other books from us. Yeah, like a, it's it's almost like a domino effect you're hoping for that laying the breadcrumbs for a customer to get into the store, and then once they're in the store, you sell them on the user experience, you know, on that really fabulous guest experience of of multiple things that you're offering. I mean, I know when I go to half price books, I usually end up browsing the video game aisle and the records aisle. And I, I don't just stop to look at books because there's so much to offer and all of it is high quality and is stuff that I end up saying, oh, wow, I can't believe they have this in stock. I bought this great Blind Faith record from a half-price bookstore that was felt like a total find, uh, some great Eric Clapton. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's always a hidden treasure at half-price books. And I think that is what draws people in, that you've set that standard as um, what people are going to get from that guest experience. Well, and I think, you know, but it's really hard for every brick and mortar retail and not just half price books to get someone to get in their car and get, get out of their pajamas, get in the car and drive to the store. Right. Because once they're there, they will find something. Once somebody is in our store, 
they will wander through the cook sec- cooking section and find something. They'll wander through the history section if they're a history reader and um, find something that they haven't seen or they wanted to pick it up. And because you can pick it up and went, you know, oh my gosh, it's a great book and it's $5 and it's under $10. And it's, you know, I mean, they're great finds. And the vinyl that we carry, there are so many great, wonderful finds that people can, you know, get and take home and enjoy for years to come. And so that's really the shopping experience is the number one thing that all of our customers and they share their hauls on Facebook and on Instagram. And, um, you know, we have great customers and we have a great, our customer base, they're big fans of ours. And they, and we are a little bit different than Barnes and Noble or an independent bookstore. And we, we do things a little bit different. Our people are a little bit different. Our prices are low. So we have to, you know, work harder at where we can, um, cut down on things. And, you know, we don't have the same quality carpet as they do in Barnes Noble because we want to be a little, we have to take the little cheaper route to be able to offer the great prices. Uh, we're also a very green company. We were started by back in 1972 in Dallas by a couple of hippies and the daughter of one of the founders. Um, she runs the company today. She's our CEO, Sharon Anderson. And we have a philosophy, a give back philosophy. We donate a million books a year all over the world. Um, we recycle what we can um, because we want to, you know, we want to save the printed word. And we want, to, and part of the reason when we have these big clearance sales is do we make a, a bunch of money out of it? No, but you know what? We clear out a bunch of books. And from our standpoint, we're not throwing those books away. We're trying to get them in hands of people that um, want them. And and it's tough because a lot of people read fiction. And when, you know, has everyone already read The Firm, John Grissom's The Firm? They don't want to read it anymore. And what do you do with that book? Nonfiction is a lot easier because I think it, I mean, it has a longer shelf life. but. Um, Fiction is, you know, there are so many, there are over a million books published every year. That is just such an incredible number. And there's more authors now than ever before. And that's because there's so many opportunities and it's so easy to write a book and be self-published and, you know, put it through, have it listed on Amazon or the different programs that are available to, to authors, which is fabulous and fabulous because we're getting new voices but it's also so much product. So it's a constant struggle for us, just as it is in other bookstore chains to, you know, what are you going to put on the shelf? Because frankly, if you've been to our store, people are bringing in boxes and loads of books every hour. And, you know, for us to maintain and keep that inventory is tough, especially when a lot of it is the same product over and over again that we're seeing. And, you know, I I think what helps brick and mortar stores also survive is when they tap into niche audiences uh, that are looking for a particular thing that you can rely on. Okay, I'm going to be able to rely on this niche audience coming through and buying my product consistently. And I think with books, you get the opportunity to really tap into an education market. I mean, I know every year when it was time for me to get my required readings, I was heading to Half Price Books and I was getting... Dante's Inferno, you know, I was getting um, 
I was getting Kafka. I was getting all To Kill a Mockingbird. Right, To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> you know? I, I was getting all the classics. All the, st- the Lord of the Flies. You know, right, the, exactly. All the books that you had to read when you were a freshman or a sophomore or whatever right. it is. No, we have we have people that come and you know, we tell people before you go, you know, and buy it new, you know, check us out first. Cause yeah. nine times out of ten we're gonna have it, or one of our other stores in the cities will have it, or we can get it to you. And we're, and it's half price. So I think, uh, you know, and frankly, uh, we we get, also carry the New York Times new new bestsellers. And certain times a year, we will have that um, required reading. We'll probably have a copy of it new, and it'll be 20 off if it's not 50 off. And I mean, we have a quality standard. I, if you've visited our stores before, you know, we're, the book is in great shape. A lot of people don't even know it's used. Um, and I kind of, you know, some people are like, I don't know if I want a used copy of anything. And I'm like, uh, do you not go to libraries in your life? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's, honestly, it's, some, sometimes that used copy of the required reading had some, uh, some notes still written in there. And I was like, oh, Hey, good for me. I get some, I get some free notes on, on the literature I'm reading. <laughs> so that was always a bonus, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I know it's a good, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a cool find. It's like trading thoughts from one person to the next. But but yeah, I think I think with that, like have you found that um marketing half price books towards those niche audiences has helped keep it around? Um you know, like like making big events and big marketing materials out of all right, it's back to school season, come to half price books for your school reading material um or if there's uh you know, if there's a big bestseller maybe trying to get a signing at a half price books. How have you found that to help half price books? Well, I mean, we definitely go after a niche market because if you read mysteries, you're a certain personality. If you come to us for cookbooks, it's a different a different personality. We try to get authors in our in our stores all the time, and we work with publishers. You know, frankly, the publishers are not sending out as many authors as they have in the past, and it's 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 a price thing because there's not as many. Um, avenues for them to sell the books. So they're not promoting, you know, uh, they're promoting the big authors. It's it's the less um, less well-known authors that are having more struggle and that they're not putting as much money behind them to get them to do the author signings. No, we take any author signing we can. We want the authors in our store and we do a lot of um, blogs about it. And we have influencers that we work with on you know, if it's a mommy blog and we, that, you know, the top 10 books you should read for a five, for a five-year-old, or if you're expecting what you should be, what books you should be reading. I mean, we try to capitalize, and those are some of our most popular blogs ever, is um, really important books for, from an education standpoint, for people to learn more when they're raising their children or they're going through, um, battling a disease or, um, you know, I mean, I think that it's, it's something that we try to, um, really reach out to different groups and we go after, um, through Facebook, we want lookalikes for certain, for certain product, but our online business, the people that shop us online are, you know, they're, they're 35 to 45 years old. And the people that visit our brick and mortar stores are 30 to 70. <laughs> so we have to market 
you know, are different. Um, vinyl is different, is market differently than our books are and our kids' books are marketed to a different audience than, you know, our history books are. So we, because the product changes and it's a little different, we try to go after different audiences. But people who love to read, that's like, uh, usually the whole family reads if there's one or two readers in it. So I love it. Well, it sounds like another thing that's helping half-price books stand out in this ever-changing retail world of, you know, moving to e-commerce and Amazon pulling a lot of uh, a lot of business to the digital space is building a community around the content. And it, I mean, it sounds like the fact that you are wanting any author to get in there. You're wanting independent content in your stores. It sounds like you're really trying to empower up-and-comers, niche audiences, people that can feel like they can walk into half-price books and feel represented there. And that helps add to that guest experience, which uh, which is really what Brick and Mortar is aiming to do now, is to provide that one-of-a-kind experience that you're not going to get at any other store, and you're definitely not going to get off your phone ordering a book on on a Kindle or, you know, on on some iPad app. Well, and I think it's, it's – bookstores inspire people, and I think um, – because when I go shopping at our stores, and I'm a big book person, obviously, but, you know, I walked by the cooking section, and this was like last year, and I see this Thai cookbook, and I love Thai food. Well, so I pick it up, and I start going through it thinking, I could do this. I, sh I can make this. I think I can make that. So then I went to the store, bought all the ingredients, and made it, you know, over the weekend. And I would have never in a million years on Amazon or halfpricebooks.com typed in, the, you know, um, Thai cookbook. I would have never been inspired to try something new or to challenge myself or, oh, wow, I think I need to learn how to crochet because I've done that with arts and craft books. I kind of walked by and I went, right. I mean, that's where I really kind of perfected my mosaic because I, I do some mosaic tile work. And, and it's walking by, looking at the book, going through it, getting inspired. You can't get inspired if you're putting an ISBN number in. You know, there's two kinds of shoppers. I think there's the shopper that knows what they want, especially our customers, the book shopper. I think it's different for clothing. But for us, if, if you are looking for a particular book, you're looking for the Stephen King book or the um, James Patterson book, and you kind of put it in or you read it about it somewhere in the New York Times bestseller list or um, on a blog somewhere, and so you type it in, and you order it, and it's there. And then there's a million other books that are out there that really need to be discovered, and the authors need to be in discovered, and you get inspired by them. And that you really get from wandering on the shelves of the bookstore. Right. Right. It's It's that ability to meander a little bit and let your mind take you to new experiences. And, you know, you, you never know what book you might stumble across that really changes your life. And that's that. those kind of little moments uh, are, I think, what keeps bookstores around, especially ones like Half Price Books that really try to make that experience one of a kind. We had a customer once tell me, it was like, you have everything from my childhood to my future. I started coming here when I was a child. I went through a divorce here. I mean, through, well, I, as a shopper, and I, I went to the self-help book to try to find it. I had... Um, one of my child had some um, issues with drugs, and I came to the stores to be get more information on it. I mean, it was kind of like uh, it's we touched his life over 
you know, 30 years. And it was just really interesting and poignant because I think that that's really a nice sentiment that our customers understand and appreciate what we offer and that we gain so much from them because they share, you know, he said, I got a divorce and I had to, I used, went to a bunch of book. And then when I remarried, I sold all my divorce books back to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. for, for, for someone else to hopefully get that advice. Yes, exactly. So I think there's, you know, p- people want to share. I mean, I think regardless of the technology that's out there, People want to see people. People want to visit with people. People want to get insights from people. And I think that going to brick and mortar stores and having the right setting and what's unfortunate and what's so tough is, you know, because um, everything is about the the bottom line and we all are, you know, rents are going up and payroll's going up and we have to cut the number of people we have servicing you know, our different stores, like I can walk into a certain retailers and I can't ever, can't find an employee to help me. And I know that the problem is it's because these employees are hiring, these custom companies are hiring part-time employees to save on healthcare costs and, you know, benefits cost, but they're not as invested as a full-time employee. And really retail is struggling because of that, because they all want to do the right thing. They want to have that experience in their store for their customers. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is like, God, I can't hire that extra person who should be the greeter at the front door. I can't hire that extra person who can make sure the shelves are fully stocked, you know, 24-7. And I, and that's our, you know, that's our challenge as retailers to try to get more for less. And where we can cut, we do and we are more efficient and we challenge ourselves over and over again. And the people I know in retail, you know, they are working hard at making their experience, their store experiences as great as it can be, but there's a cost associated with it. And everyone's kind of bearing it and everyone's just trying to, you know, forge their, and I mean, you know, we've lost such great chains I mean, that Toys R Us, I don't know what people are going to do this Christmas without Toys R Us. I mean, it's it's so sad because my kids grew up going to that toy store. And I know that it's going to be, um, you know, Target will pick up some of it. Walmart will pick up some of it. It'll be a lot of stores. I mean, we'll pick up some some of the toy business. But um, it's a great loss for the for the country and for future children to be able to have that wonderland of toys all in one place. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is sad to see those, those staples of, of retail fade away, but it's great to know that, you, you know, we have people in the retail space like you and like half price books that are playing smart, you know, trying to be efficient and also trying to build that relationship with their customers to make brick and mortar experiences never go away. And uh, yeah, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast to give us this this really potent insight on what helps Half Price Books expand. And hopefully our retail listeners can gain some insight from this. And uh, if there's any business owners out there who are struggling with their brick and mortar stores, then maybe, maybe apply a little bit of what Kathy has to say, because I think it is working very well for you. So Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and listen to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.